it, it's not definitive. It's these things, that your relationship to your unconscious is your relationship to your unconscious. And that's probably the biggest point. And it's about taking time to develop that relationship. You don't just rush in. If you want to develop intimacy with yourself, then that's a willingness to go one step deeper each time. This is a, an answer in response to a question about self-hypnosis and the value of self-hypnosis and how to use it specifically in one's own personal development and to the degree that one can psychotherapize oneself um, is, uh, is questionable. It's always, always, always urge caution um, with going into the unconscious and trying to change its contents. I see this a lot with certain areas of personal development or self-development which focus on uh, things like affirmations. Now certain affirmations, what are you telling yourself? There's an old saying actually that every, everything that you tell yourself or anyone else can be read as a blessing or a curse. So if you say something, your own personal self-talk, such as, um, oh, I'm sick of this, or oh, I hate it when I do that, it's, it's, or I hate myself when I do that, it, you know, this is negative self-talk. Obviously, we're aware of this. And, but what we, if you keep telling your unconscious that, it will believe it. It will take it, okay, that's what we are. That's what I am. That's what it, this thing, this being is. Because it's not separate. Um, it's just has, it's just the unseen part of ourselves, the unconscious, that's why it's unconscious. But its contents are always circulating, well, not always circulating, certain specific components of our of the unconscious circulate into consciousness uh, sometimes they're triggered we get them like projections or introjections where we take something from ourself depending on the nature of the individual this the, there are lots of variables in this we take something that is in ourself uh, a feeling that we have about ourselves that might be repressed that we're unconscious of and we project it either onto a thing into a place or onto a person or interjection which is the opposite flow for some people is that they take the quality of a thing in the environment or a person and they draw it into themselves and and like project it backwards internally and say oh I am like that so it's the question of you know really mental and emotional health is finding the boundary of who you are so and I've talked about this in previous videos concerning the prevailing spirit and the essential spirit. So I'll refer you to look at those for more specific details on that. The issue of what a complex is and how it functions is, um, if you can think of these subroutines that set up that are like uh, automatized, because we don't want to have to think about um, uh, every single action that we take in the world. You know, if, if, if I say to you, um, walk confidently from here to the other side of the park, you then go, oh, I don't know what, um, okay, so how does someone who walk, who walks confidently walk? So this is in acting, you know, this is often a, um, a principle that that can be one of the hardest things. Walk as yourself onto stage. Uh, okay, <laughs> you know what, does it, try it. By all means, try it. The point I'm trying to get across is that we 
we don't think about walking confidently. If we feel confident, we walk. Uh, when we walk, that we express confidence because we're just feeling it. Uh, the point about walking is that we don't think about walking. It's become automatized. So we have lots of these systems and processes that deal with every, you know, every area of life. Some of them are positive and are like allies. Although I don't want to, he's careful not to reify these things as separate from us. They're subroutines, you know, in a, in a better, there's uh, a more coherent metaphor, I think. Um, and others don't serve us in um in in necessary positive ways they're trying to this is the point that tr often they're trying to preserve or save us from feeling an emotion that when we when it first came up was too terrifying to comprehend or too troubling we didn't know how to process it often this is why psychotherapy goes you know draws upon um issues that occur in childhood we also know that in many cases, just revealing the cause of why we ended up the way we did, or the way we have, isn't enough to resolve out a neurosis. And, you know, this was kind of testament in Freud, who was, you know, Freud gets a lot of bad press, but he was a pioneer. And, you know, he, his processes could cure like, you know, about 10% of people, I think, of neuroses. Um, were, is one figure I've seen whether that's accurate or not I'd leave you to research that for yourself um, so in some cases that can be enough and it can be enough if a person is reflexive enough to put things together but often it's about the affect it's about the feeling that arises as the result and it's often going in to feel the feeling in a way that's safe as an adult because the the complex is often trying to protect us from feeling that feeling and the things that it's associated to that feeling are the concerns of the child. So this is not talking about inner child work, this is almost like um, parenting work. Self-parenting might be another way to put it, is to parent that part of yourself and bring it into maturity in this moment. Um, rather than going back into the childhood to, and, and reactivating any trauma that might be there. So I'm getting on to the question of self-hypnosis because these are all relevant points that need attending to. Because if we start going into the unconscious and suggesting to ourselves certain ways of being or behaving and we haven't resolved out any of those negative complexes, then what we can do is just reinforce them because we serve them. And I noticed this, this is why I have included, uh, why um, I include psychotherapy, personal development and business development in the full spectrum coaching package. It's because sometimes people will come with an idea of, of what they want to manifest in the external world through business development, through developing a business idea because they want it to give them a certain quality of life. And that quality of life is, is what they're trying to create in the external world. Is It can be, not always, can be a compensation for those parts of themselves they have yet to resolve. Certain emotional states of, or feeling states where they, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of a, a, an example without giving a specific. Um, 
say for example someone wants uh, to live in a multi-million pound house and, and drive a multi-million pound car I mean it can be that just like why you know what what is that quality of life really giving you is it a question of status in which case is it then uh, an inferior an inferiority complex that is being compensated for by trying to create status in the external world to feel more superior than other people there's nothing wrong with wanting to participate in the in the world and have status it's the question of if you need more status than everybody else it's like you want your place to fit um, but why do you need to be uh, what's pushing you to be an alpha or or whatever it is that you want to be. So that's one example. So self-hypnosis and how do you do it? Because there's some people who are asking questions around, you know, I'm trying to use this and it's not working, it's not removing the complex. Well, maybe that is a question that you would benefit from psychotherapy. That's the first, that's the first thing. Actually, professional help does make a difference that's why we train to do what we do and um, you know and it might just be also you know counseling of people who care as well um, it's, it's not always about psychotherapy it's about having we used to have people in society who were just like wise old elders who'd been through life who'd worked stuff out and can see where people were going wrong and we had support networks and that's kind of a a biological inheritance of living tribally. It's a psychological inheritance of the of the biology of living in uh, tribal or sort of close knit communities, extended families. That that would happen. Um, we don't have that anymore. So, unfortunately, sometimes the the position of the psychotherapist, or it used to be, I suppose, with the church, the priest. Although these are not, you know. Uh, synon they're, not, um, they're not syncretic in the sense that they map over each other they're not the same thing they perform we all perform different functions but it is you know what is psychology or psychotherapy is psyche is the soul it's to uh, help heal the soul and the splits where we get you know I've spoken about this before pulling in different directions so when you go into the psyche, if you're using affirmations, if you're using uh, confirmations to yourself, whatever language you're suggesting to yourself, I'd like to invite you to think of, of self-hypnosis as what you're doing on one level all the time. You're always suggesting to yourself. And uh, the question of how to resolve out negative self-talk or negative self-belief or, you know, um, negative complexes that might be trying to influence one one uh, one cue for that is to actually you might need to do more work on your own uh, autobiography your own personal mythology like who are you why have you made the choices that have led to where you are now and review your life history and understand the consequence at some levels of causes and effects because in hindsight you can recognize that some of the choices that you've made may have been unconscious and you may not have realized why you made those choices until later until further down the line um, by which time then you have the, the the power of hindsight and then you can piece these things together you can see the patterns of what 
makes you react or respond in certain ways in certain situations. And that will bring the unconscious, if it's an unconscious complex, into consciousness because it's bringing it into uh, conscious awareness through the process. Um, beyond that, um, if you're dealing with uh, self-hypnosis, the question is not about what you're trying to put into the unconscious as much as it is about what you are inviting to come from the unconscious into consciousness. It's better to consider it, in my opinion, as a relationship. So you have to go slowly sometimes, you know, you have to um, take into account that the, the unconscious, um, it, it doesn't function like the ego does. It doesn't function with the same language that um, the conscious mind tries to interpret the world with. It works with a different language and you have to learn its language. So self-hypnosis in some ways is to invite the unconscious to communicate with you. And it's not about then going, oh, I've got a signal from the unconscious. So one of the first um, principles is to try to get a register of what that is. And there are, I'll post a link. Um, some people use pendulums to ask a question of the unconscious. And it's really trying, that's, that becomes an amplifier of idiomotor function. So the idiomotor function in the body is like the small twitches that you might get or a sensation that you might get. So you could ask your unconscious to please give me a signal if it's the right time for me to go inside to feel what I might need to feel in order to heal, to give me a, an insight or some sense of signal that will help me move forward with, with that issue that I'm attempting to resolve or the thing that I'm attempting to understand or comprehend. And then wait. And if this is the right time, please give me a signal in my body, a sensation that I can recognize to confirm that this is the case. And then you wait. If you don't get anything, don't act on it. Just thank you. Now is not the right time. You know, it's like being in a relationship with uh, someone else, with a significant partner. It's like if you really want to relate to them, you go. At, you have to work out whose pace. You know, you, you sometimes you need to step back and allow someone to process what they need to process in the world, and give them enough space to find themselves or be themselves so that when you meet you can meet on equal terms and in a way actually the relationship with the unconscious is not quite like that because I would say it's a bit asymmetric because the unconscious is going to talk to you in a language that you know you might not understand now but you have to learn and it's learnt through your engagement so you can't rush these things so when you are using self-hypnosis go carefully and go gently tread lightly and always respectfully and always with gratitude whenever you get a signal and then build the relationship um, and allow confirmation to come ask for second confirmation you know if you get a signal so for example your finger might twitch if you ask this question 
the one that I mentioned earlier, is it is now the right time to be doing this work? And you might get a twitch in your finger and you go, thank you. Please will you, please can you confirm that that is the right time for me to continue? And you might feel it again, in which case, thank you. And then I would like to ask a question and then you frame your question. And, and the other thing with self-hypnosis, again, it's self-talk. You are talking to yourself. It's not someone else. It's just a, a quality of yourself of which you are yet to become conscious. And there are, it's a vast ocean, the unconscious. And there will be elements of it of which you will never become conscious. And when you recognize that you're dealing with this uh, quality of being, that you will never fully resolve out, that you will never fully understand. And you sit okay with that. Um, that that's part of the relationship. And to recognize that you can't force it to do, you can force it to do things, but there are consequences to that. This is where occultism and magic practices, if not handled carefully, this is why people go wrong with magic, um, because you're, you're tapping into these forces or similar forces, I don't propose, propose to know everything about magic um, and there are going to be different interpretations as to what magic is. In my way of thinking to a specific, at, at one specific level, there are correlations that make it seem like, you know, we are dealing with the, with the force, same forces that um, process consciousness and are unconscious, whether they are personal or interpersonal, collective, whatever those things mean to you. And that's kind of open for discovery. Again, I would say tread very lightly and very carefully in those areas. Always go with respect for yourself and always show gratitude when you get a response. Uh, I think that's about it. Um, so with self-hypnosis, oh, I, I make an additional point. Yeah, I mean, not everyone gets visions. This is the other thing. Sometimes it will be things that one will recognize in the external environment because the unconscious will direct the attention to, can direct the attention to something in the external environment. And you will recognize a symbol and that symbol can be like an external expression of what might be going for you on for you internally. Be aware of what you are doing in the world and how you are doing it. Um, Without, you know, it's not about being, it's, there's, there's, a, there's a balance here to be had between reflexivity and action as well. It is a balance, you know, because if you start getting too into looking for symbols externally, you can become superstitious. And it's not about being superstitious. Always, you know, it, it's not definitive. It's these things, your relationship to your unconscious is your relationship to your unconscious. And that's probably the biggest point. And it's about taking time to develop that relationship. You don't just rush in. If you want to develop intimacy with yourself, then that's a willingness to go one step deeper each time, or as deep as you can possibly go, so that it will afford you a base knowledge that is as broad and as deep as you can possibly reach. But that that's cultivated, that doesn't just don't just jump in and it's there. 
So that's what I would like to share. Oh, and the, yes, it, so it could come as external signals, but don't get hooked up on uh, superstition or, or thinking that those external signals are definitive, um, def have definitive meanings. Uh, just clock them, be aware of them. Look for confirmation over time. Uh, you know, what are, the, what are the patterns that keep recurring, uh, specifically in dreams? And then dream analysis. We can. I can. Quite happy to do a, um, a Q and A on dream analysis. Dream analysis, if that's of interest to anyone. Um, that's another area, and then also a creative practice. And that's probably a topic for another video, uh, because that's another question that's been asked: is how do how does one engage with the unconscious through creative? practice in a similar way I would say you invite yourself to um, explore uh, different modalities different mediums and <clears throat> and sometimes after especially after having built a certain degree of tension of holding a tension between opposites that might be presenting in your life um, this is what Jung termed the transcendent function is after you have um, after you have engaged in an, a full, as full anamnesis as you can, a full case study of yourself as you can, of your issue, of your problem, this is what I was saying, review your life to begin with, your own autobiography or your own personal myth. Uh, once you've done that to an adequate or appropriate degree, then using creativity, if you are you know, feeling a certain tension of opposites, is or inviting yourself, your unconscious, to create something. That could be writing. You know, it might come out in a poem, it might come out in a novel. It's like, it's, there's multiple ways in which um, it can speak. But often it is, the, it is, the, it is a creative form of some, some form or another. Well, I think that's probably enough. That's a good 20 minutes. I hope that's been of use. I hope that's of value. Uh, thank you for asking those questions. I appreciate them very much. I have got a backlog that I'm uh, attempting to get through as and when I get uh, the moments arise. I did invite them in, so again, thank you for responding. I appreciate them very much, and I hope they get to you in good time. Uh, that's a low battery warning. Um, right, so that's perfect timing. Uh, if you want to find out anything more about the services I provide, you can find them on clivecreative.com. You're welcome to join the Facebook group, at, uh, which is Clive Creative on Facebook. A small community growing there. Um, like, subscribe and hit the bell icon for notifications, should you wish to do so. Thank you again and uh, goodbye for now.